0: Good morning, it's May 11th. It is 2020. Yes, we are still in the midst of a pandemic. Yay! I'm not saying yay because I'm happy. I'm saying, oh gosh, here we go. Take my jacket up here. It's getting a little warm out. Ugh. I'm not doing the. I sound a little bit disjointed here. I'm not doing the laundry. Oh. My daughter's still sleeping. My husband has gone to his office to get his things so that, you know, remember I told y'all he got fired because of the COVID thing. These people are something else, I tell you. I told him he couldn't come back until today. This was way back when he first called in and said, you know, I think I might have COVID. I went to go get tested, blah, 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 blah. I'm waiting for all my results to come back. They told me to be on a quarantine for two weeks. He did exactly as the doctor said and exactly as his office said. His office said, okay, well, by all means, do not come back until you have the proof and, um, you know, on, on this particular date, which is today. Don't come back, do the two week, Quarantine like the doctor suggested anyways. Well, his, came, his results came back within four or five days. It was negative. And the doctor said anyways, please quarantine because we just never know. One day a person can be negative and the next day they're positive And we don't do follow-up tests. We can't. see Because we're still having problems with testing out here. Despite what our l- illustrious Donald Trump says, we are still having problems out here. Um, but anyways... So he, uh, he did exactly as he was told, and he called periodically throughout the time period to his office to tell him that he was doing okay, and that, you know, yes, his results were negative, but he was following. And they said, well, you can't come back until the 11th, and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, I already told you all this, I think it was Friday, this past Friday, or was it earlier than that? Yeah, I think it was Thursday or something, they, t- they, t- they emailed him and told him that he was fired because they didn't really believe he ever went to the doctor. They didn't really believe that he um, was ever sick, had fever or anything, and so they just thought he was lying, and so they, they went ahead and fired him. And they said, and you know, your, your past previous issues with um, having to be put on suspension, and he was like, dear Lord, you know, that whole thing you guys told me was just an argument between two girls in the office and you are upset because I told the truth. How I told you the truth, I guess, or whatever. He emailed the truth about he couldn't pass a job. I went all over this before. Anyways, they, they still are going to nab him for that too. I said, well, you know, we still are angry about that situation. So you're, you know, that's against you. Um, the fact that you use your phone too much. And he said, I use my phone for work purposes only when I'm there. You guys call me on it all the time. Well, that's irrelevant. You know, you have, you're always using it. I mean, they were just railroading him. And then, and then today he goes in there to get his stuff. He did exactly, his, brought the papers and showed it to him. And they went, oh, you did go to the doctor. And he said, yeah, and there's all my stuff right there. I told you I did. He said, no, I need to get all my things. And they said, so we need copies of this. And he said, well, first I'd like to have all my software off my computer that I paid for. That I own the licenses too, and then I'm the only one who knows how to use it. I need to have all my software. And they said, no, you can't have that back because it's on our computers now and we own it. And he said, no, you don't own it. It's in my name. You can't own it. It's in my name. If you use it, anybody else uses it on their computers, you are in violation. It's illegal. You can't do that. I own the licenses, and the company has leased it out. Well, he said, I, I have the licenses of these two place, these ones, and this particular one. The company has leased it to me personally. I pay for it. I pay a yearly fee, and it's, you can't. Unless you're going to pay me for all my software, which is an upwards of $10,000. You're not, you're violating the law. I'll have to report you. And they still wouldn't. They just looked at him and they said, well, we, we own that software. and.'" <laughs> He said, you're not listening to what I'm saying. He said, you don't own the software, I do. You're breaking the law right now as we're standing here by trying to keep me from my property. He said, okay, well, you know, we want copies of the software then. And he said, no, it doesn't work that way. I'm the one who runs it. You don't get illegal copies. If you want it, you gotta pay for it yourself. Contact the software company and get your own license. Get your own agreement or whatever. You can't do it like that. That's not, that doesn't work. You don't understand. This isn't a game. You know, this isn't a, this isn't a, like a, doesn't matter. He said, this is high tech stuff and it's expensive and it's about $10,000. And if you keep it, you're in violation. You're going to pay me. I said, I'm going to be contacting the companies post haste as soon as I get home from this ridiculous debacle. And I'm going to, um, let them know that you're holding all my stuff illegally. Yeah, right. Well, it's ours because it's on our computer. That's how they work. I mean, they just wouldn't effing listen to him. He said, buddy, don't you, buddy, excuse me. Sorry, my dog's trying to eat the cat food. <laughs> Anyways, that's my husband's warning. He went under mm. the effing lion's den. He showed them the paperwork and they were like, oh, we're... So they were in the wrong all the way down the line. They were in the wrong. Fired him because he was gone too long because they didn't believe him. They told him that he had to go ahead and stay home until today because of the quarantine. 14 days, right? They told him he had to do that. They didn't want him up there. And to bring his paperwork today, they told him early on that. And then all of a sudden they switch and change their mind and say he's lying. Oh, my God, these people. And so they fired him. In my opinion, they fired him unjustly. And it's because of the COVID thing. They said, well, you caused quite a stir up here. You scared a lot of people with that COVID business. And he's like, okay, but I did what I was supposed to do. I wasn't feeling well. I went in, you know, my age, I had the fever. I did what I was supposed to do. And you fire me for doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm Mm-hmm. How many people across this country are going through that right now? I understand the meatpacking plants are having issues. People are sick. They've had to shut some things down. Other places are having the same problem. But the the uh, higher-ups are punishing the workers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's really frustrating is that our president signed some sort of things or whatever whatever it is that he's signing these days, because he's always signing something. I I have all the power to do this. He thinks he has all the power. That gives these places of employment, meatpacking plants, whatever, when people call in from this stuff, that they can't get their sick leave and that they they can't retaliate or any such thing, and they can be fired. It doesn't sound like... Yeah. It sounds like a really nice president, doesn't it? It sounds like someone who really is here for the people. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. You know, my hubby's home. I gotta go. Okay, I'm back. He came home. He's okay. I'm back. Sorry about that, my husband. Um, you can't tell that I was gone very long because this is just a second or two when I turned off. My husband had to go. He just got home from doing all what he did at his office, and those people are something else, boy. They were angry that he wouldn't give them copies of the software. <laughs> Unbelievable people, unbelievable. They just thought he was going to bend over and, and literally, you know, I think they think that they own it. They really do believe they own that software. And he better not fart around about this. I told him to call those companies and take care of it yesterday, like literally call the companies and tell them that what's going on and to make it impossible for those people to use the software. Reels. They don't even know what they're doing with it. Anyways, they don't. There's no one there that knows how to do what he does. Right. Okay. So, anyways, um, my husband's just been through shit. He's having a hard time. It's totally unfair what he went through there at that office. I, I, I think there are probably more people that got fired that might have come down with symptoms or whatever. I'm not talking about his place, I'm talking all over the country. There's chicken shit offices and chicken shit employers that won't back their employees when they get sick and take it out on them and you know literally boot them to the curve. Back in the day, I'm just gonna say this, back in the day, in the 80s, well, Let's see, wait, my daughter was born in 88, so she was, no, it was 91, I think. 91, 92. I worked in a hospital, little tiny podunk hospital in the country right after I got divorced. That, um, ha, <laughs> ah, the AIDS epidemic, you know, was still kind of raging through back in those 80s, late 80s, well, 80s, 90s, whatever. And, you know, as a nurse, you got faced with all kinds of stuff. I got faced with taking care of patients from that had AIDS or, you know, HIV. We'll say AIDS is, AIDS is like the culmination of, of the virus is what happens. But anyway, um, I was working at this little hospital and I had to hang blood on a patient and the blood bag, for whatever reason, um, when I spiked it, you know, put the, put the tubing on. The, the bottom part split. Now, I don't really know if it was my fault or the fault of the way the bag was made. But the blood spilled all over my uniform. And they had to go get another blood bag. The blood bag was actually, I think they she said it was defective. Anyways, the head nurse pulls me in the office. She makes me go. I never got stuck or anything. It just landed on my uniform. She pulls me in the office and she says, quietly, where no one can hear. She says, you're going to get tested for AIDS or HIV. You're going to have an HIV test. You're going to go through all these, the uh, hep B series, and we're going to test you for hep C. And if you're positive for any of that, she said specifically the HIV, she says, you're fired. And I just went, okay. I said, you really can't do that. She says, well, I'll find something to fire you on, fire, fire you on because I can do whatever I want. She said, and this is a country hospital, and nobody's going to believe you. And so that was that. And I just, um, I just, I could not believe the, the stuff coming out of her mouth. So I went through all the testing. I went through everything. I was negative. And, and she says, and you're not talking to anybody about this. She said, because if you talk to anybody about this here and now, you're fired. She said, I'm going to make it very clear with you. She said, I don't have and never will have, a, patient, uh, have a, a nurse that is infected with HIV or hep C. Even if it's not her fault, she says, and I absolutely refuse to pay damages for, for, for you contracting such, even if there's faulty equipment. She said, it won't happen. So don't even go down that road. She says, my husband's the DA here, and I can make things happen to where you will never have a job. I mean, she threatened me in her office. This was so long ago. My daughter was so little. I kept my mouth shut because I had to. I was terrified. I was a brand new nurse, pretty much, and I was terrified. I mean, not brand new nurse, because, listen, mm, I graduated. Before I turned 20, I didn't have my daughter until I was 23. So I'd been a nurse for four years, but I was still really new. You know, anybody as a nurse less than five years, they're green, okay? It takes a long time to get that veteran status. But they didn't know all the ins and outs and the laws and what have you, but what she did was totally illegal. She threatened me. And I let her get away with it. That's the problem. I let her get away with it. And I told my husband, I said, do not let these people get away with breaking the law. If that's what they're going to do, if they're going to keep your stuff and, and lie to you, and lie, and lie do, do not let him get away with this. This is not okay. We have to rise above all this nonsense and I think we are. I think our business is going to take off. I think he'll enjoy that new job. He's supposed to be starting here probably in the next week or two. It depends on when the trainer gets back. They're training people all over the country and there are several trainers that are going out and he may not get trained for the next week or two which means he won't go to work for the next week or two but we do have his like I said, Social Security—we have money backed up, and we have um, things in place to where we're fine. I mean, we've got our bills paid up, and we're okay. We're not gonna—we're not gonna fall. It's just we're not gonna fall. We're just gonna have to be watching the money. Everybody should be watching their money now, anyways. It's paramount that everybody keep an eye out. It really. The way the economy is going if you are if you are doing okay don't go out there and go crazy and spend your money on stupid stuff you know try to hold it back into an account to save you know uh, you know like draw interest or whatever do things do things to to ensure you have a tiny nest egg however it is you know hold something back decide that your needs are more important than wants because I know the intense need right now is if anybody's getting any money um from the government even given the situation we all need to hold our hold on to our p's and q's and, and just be just be careful it's important so yeah I mean I just say that's what people need to do I'm just thinking ahead it's a good thing that we thought ahead it's a good thing that we kind of had our ducks in a row before this nonsense happened and that we didn't do the dumb thing, like I said, before the break ground on the house. If we had done that, oh, my goodness, I can't imagine, you know, because that would have been every bit of our nest egg, no doubt, down the drain. And then, yeah, we'd be living in a cement shell, like, you know, poured, poured foundation and, and uh, bare bones of a house, <laughs> you know, with tarps over it. <laughs> Okay, I'm back. This has just been a day. I'm trying to smoke my little cigar and drink my coffee and do my podcast. It's just all these interruptions, partly, and it's not a bad thing. It's just what my husband's going through. He is going through this thing, and we're talking, and all across the nation you're seeing people getting fired during quarantine. You're seeing people getting treated like crap during their quarantine time they're doing the right thing and may get punished. It is just unbelievable the lengths that these corporations will go through to save their own dimes for themselves, for the CEO's, whatever. I am appalled. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. This is all these interruptions, but it's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to continue aft. I'm not going to redo this podcast. This, the interruptions are not my dog this morning. It's me. (laughs) I dropped my coffee cup on the floor on the ground out here. I'm out here underneath my trees in this nice little yard doing this podcast and it's nice and breezy and stuff. And, but I have this nice metal cop that is got good lid on it. I think heavens I dropped, I dropped it. I knocked it over, whatever, into the grass. And some grass got on top of it, but did get inside. And I thought there was grass inside my coffee, but it was actually the grounds themselves. And that's okay. Mm. I, I did the dishes last night. Yesterday was Mother's Day. It was a rough day. I'm going to not talk about this other thing. Yesterday was a rough day for me, A Mother's Day. I, um, I wasn't very nice to my family. Um, which wasn't nice to them, I and mean, it was not fair. I shouldn't have treated them so cruelly with my words of saying things like, I hate Mother's Day, I don't feel like it's a day off. <laughs> I was angry, not at them. I was angry at the fact that Mother's Day comes, and in truth, and I'll, I know a lot of moms feel like this, their days don't really change much. We're stuck in this situation and I don't expect anything from my family for Mother's Day just some help and they did help me they helped me with my animals so that's not what I was bitching about I just my mom passed away you know and this has been a year or so ago and her birthday is today yeah yesterday was Mother's Day and her birthday is today she would have been 90 um 95. Yeah. Hmm. I think 95 or 98. 95 or 94. Crap. My mother was born in 19. No, she was born 1925. She would have been 95 today. Yep. And so my mind is in that mode of missing her. Of being angry that up until her death I was kind of present prevented from seeing her due to her situation, and then of course she um, didn't remember me. She has Alzheimer's. She didn't remember me, and there was all this mixed emotions about whether or not I would be causing more trouble by going to see her. So I never got to say goodbye to my mom, and. Uh, You know, I have her in my heart. I have all her things. My sister sent me all her stuff. You know, the clothes and the dog collection that she had. I told you that the one dog that um, comes here, walks in our yard, and we feed her all the time and take care of her. We call her Carmel Girl. I think I'm going to call her Karma. She doesn't know the difference between Karma or Carmel because I tried that the other day. She came walking over to me, and Karma sounds good. But, um... Just that whole, it hit me. Last night as I was sitting there, I was mad. My mom is gone. It's her birthday, you know, uh, today, which yesterday was, you know, Mother's Day. Her birthday is the day after Mother's Day. And it was just like this big rush of anger because I couldn't say goodbye to my mom. And I explained this to my husband. I had to write him a letter because I was really mean to everybody yesterday. I was angry and and I wanted to watch some stuff that I wanted to watch they didn't want to watch what I wanted to watch and I was like you know my tastes are so vastly different sometimes than my family's things I like to watch on tv you know um and in any other day it wouldn't have been an issue but I it's mother's day I can't even watch what I want to watch I mean what a child I took my phone out here into the dark last night and watched prime video uh third rock from the sun Marathon that thing in the dark under the trees where we have these little Christmas lights still up all around on the fences out here, on our dogs' fences, and we have one little pen out here. It's not little; it's a good size pen actually, big yard. But we have, anyways. I was sitting out here. I wasn't really, and I had my other dogs with me and the ones at free run, and they were laying next to me while I was watching the show. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was kind of nice to be by myself, but I was being a real idiot. A real grouch. And my daughter asked me what was wrong. I said, I hate Mother's Day. I really wish people wouldn't celebrate it. pisses me off. And she's like, can I not make you a card? I said, don't bother. Just sp- spend your time making things for you. Do something for you. Don't worry about me. Why are you like this, Mommy? Yeah, I'm like, uh. Ah. Well, then it dawned on me why I was so damn grouchy. I sat there. Why am I so grouchy? I, I finally had to apologize to them. I wrote a letter to my husband explain to him the stupidness of my anger it was just this rush of anger because and 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 sadness because my mother died and I never got to say goodbye her birthday is today you know the 11th and it was mother's day on the 10th and it just all hit me like a ton of bricks it's hard you know I haven't seen my mother I was prevented you know when I say prevented from seeing her we're talking 10 years folks couldn't see my mom for ten years and then she died. I was there for my dad when he died. He remembered me. It wasn't an issue. But for some reason, this was back when my sister was really pro Republican and all that nonsense. And I think I think she was supportive of, of Trump. She says, No, I never really was, but I said, oh yeah. Yeah, you don't remember all those posts you used to put out there <laughs> against people like me, the liberal. So our political differences kind of separated us to the point, point she was the executor of this estate, and she's also the executor. She was the caregiver of my mother, and so, you know, I was prevented from seeing her. And then the last minute, it was like, you need to come see her. And I'm like, I, I can't even get there, now I'm stuck with all these animals. And there is no one to take care of them, and I can't even do this. And I said, she doesn't remember me, right? She goes, she doesn't. Well, then she, it was a guilt trip. How could you leave your mom how could you do that? Don't you care? I'm like, wait a minute. You prevented me for 10 years to see her. I don't understand. And all of a sudden, you're going to point a finger at me. <laughs> she apologized for that. By the way, we're, our relationship is good now. And we're getting along. Well, anyways, um, so my behavior. yesterday days was a bit bitter, you know. My sister did apologize again. She says I'm so sorry that things didn't work out this way. She says I'm seeing now all the mess. I'm seeing now what you why you're angry and about our president. She said what I did was wrong. Yeah. Denying me my mother was kinda of wrong. <laughs> the deal is in the Buddhist faith. This sounds very cold, but I do believe deeply in reincarnation. I also believe in super strong attachments can be dangerous. They can hold you back from your progression. It can even hold the person that you're attached to back. It can make their lives a living hell. I recognized right away after speaking to my mother too, and 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 I told her this. I said, "It's not all you. You know, part of it was me. I could have fought to come see her if I wanted to." I said, but I didn't because I didn't want to. And she said, huh? I said, I didn't want to see my mom. I didn't want to see her like that. and I didn't want her to see me and I did not want her to be frightened because I am a carbon copy of her. I look exactly like her. And it would have been overwhelming anybody with Alzheimer's who hadn't seen their child in a long time. And we had a lot of, you know, we we came together, we fell apart, we came together, we fell apart kind of thing. And a lot of it had to do with politics. They were so taken back by my changes in views. When well, it wasn't really a change, I didn't really get allowed, didn't have the allowance as a younger child. You know, as a younger, as a younger daughter, I'll say that, when I was with them, living with them, to choose, okay, my own political belief system. They they kind of withheld. My they wouldn't allow it. No Democrats in this house, basically, is how it was. No liberals. We don't do that here. So, you know, and then when I moved out, my whole my whole viewpoint changed because I was on my own. I could make my own decisions, but I kept it kind of quiet, see. But then the advent of social media, I joined forums, act, uh, activist platforms, you know, I joined some of these things and I started writing and my sister read some of my pieces and under a different pen name, now. I'm not going to tell you which. This is a purely anonymous, somewhat podcast with my other pen name. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she saw some of my pieces and was, oh my, you, and then my mother saw them after my father's death. My, da- my dad's been gone for quite a few long time. Um my my mother saw them and she just went through the roof with my views. Who is this child? My God the things she's saying. You know? She wants she wants universal health care. She wants basically uh everybody to share and she'd like for the billionaires and the rich people to, to literally fork over all their dough. Not all are due. I just want them to pay their damn taxes. I want the churches to be taxed as well. I don't think that churches should be exempt at all from taxation. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. Um a lot of your a lot of your pastors, that's their whole income and they, they reap the benefits. Look at Joel Osteen. Look at these big televangelists. They don't pay taxes and they keep they're just filthy, disgustingly rich. And I'm sorry, I just find that revolting. I don't like That super rich business really bothers me because there's a lot of hunger and starvation. Well, anyways, I have a feeling that everyone deserves and I want to take care of the homeless. And my mother just was like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, it's people, they're like that because they're lazy. You know, that's how their views were. That's kind of the Republican view. People are homeless because they're lazy. No, (laughs) they fell in hard times. They lost their jobs, whatever. You know, the big man fired them. But you can't tell them. You can't tell these people that. Oh, they're lazy. They're lazy. Oh, you know. Well, he has got. He's stupid because he's black. You know. My that was a little bit of a racism going on in my family. Seriously, it was. So. My. My mother did not like my platform. We kind of fell in and out of, and then she started to kind of change a little bit right before she died. She started to see my ideas, and then she lost her mind to where she couldn't remember me at all. I couldn't come see her because of all these creatures I had saved. I could not find anyone to take care of them, and it was such a far drive from where I'm from that it would it have been too expensive, unfortunately, and... Hello, Voto. You know, so... That's, yeah, had to, had to make some decisions. Um, I remembered my mother as she was when I was little before I understood any politics or anything like that. I was never racist as a child. I was just myself. I would get kind of talked to for being kind to everyone under the sun. And that kind of, you know, being too close, you know, I got talked to about that. Because, you know, that person's not the right person. Usually had to do with color, which makes no sense. Because like I told you, my my dad was German Jew. My mother was Swedish Jew. And as far as anti-Semitism goes in this country, let's face it, it's there. It's real. It happens. It happens all over the world. See? There's all kinds of anti-everything. There's anti-Muslim. There's, you know, the Palestinians. There's all that nonsense. I'm upset about that too. The arguments between the two. I wish they just freaking get along. And that's why I don't subscribe necessarily to any one group. I'm just kind of everything. I know that. I know that I'm... Hello. I've got lots of robocalls coming through. Um. So anyways, that's there's that. And... Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just nostalgizing my mother on why we fell apart. But then by the time it was time for us to start talking again, she lost her mind and she forgot me. And then I saw the danger when I looked in the mirror that she would be looking in the mirror. She saw me. And I remember her before. I don't need to see people. And she didn't really need to see me. I know it sounds weird, and, but everybody's got their personal beliefs. And mine is that extreme attachment sometimes can be bad. It's what causes suffering beyond for both parties. My family really isn't ready to see me. I know this. Even my sister that we got to where we're talking to each other, she's not ready to physically lay eyes on me. The fact that we're speaking is shocking enough, and that's good. But right now, even in this time during the pandemic you know she says i I can't let you come i'm like i'm not coming i'm staying here i don't want to leave my place we're going to have to do facetime if we're going to talk at all i said because we can't i'm not taking any chances in this mess i said i've got you know my child my my eldest child who's pregnant and fixing to have a baby in july i said i'm not going to go see her I'm going to be doing the right thing. It's hard, it's painful, I miss her very much. She and I are very close and we hold, it's interesting, we do hold the very same ideals. You know, as far as politics and belief systems, we hold those ideals. So this is not difficult for us to be together. She always had a hard time with my family, her family, her family, family, grandmas and grandpas because they had this view of people with brown skin, my daughter has brown skin, okay? Whatever that means, I don't understand it. It's confusing to me, you think with all the horrors in the world and the Holocaust that happened in World War II, that that anybody with a skin tone different than yours, that's just ridiculous, because I mean, he didn't kill just the Jews, Hitler didn't. He killed people of color and different other backgrounds. He wanted, you know, I'm not gonna go down that road, but, I just told my sister, I said, I'm not even seeing my daughter and I miss her too. I mean, she's here where I'm in the same south area, but we're just far apart by like about, I don't know, six or so hours. I said, but I can't go. She's at risk, I'm at risk. We're both at risk, so we do FaceTime. That's how we do it. And that's the safe, responsible thing right now until we know that this mess is over. And I said, you know, if we all come out on top, you know, great. I said, I know you think I'm crazy. And I told her about my Buddhist beliefs of the lot of this attachment thing. I said, I believe people come back. I know that we'll all see each other again. I said, I, you know, I have my remorse about mom, but I know I'm going to see her again. Possibly. I know she will live again. It doesn't, I don't hold the same tragic <sighs> boohoo-ness that most people do because I have a strong faith. In reincarnation and life is always. I just have a different feeling about things. And I don't, it's not that I'm being cold and uncaring, it's that I'm in the here and the now. And I, it's day by day. And every moment is precious, but it's the now, let say. And I told her, I said, I know it's difficult to hear. She says, No, actually, that's probably the smartest thing to be. She said, To not go back. Constantly. I said, oh, I go back in my thinking. I go back in my thinking for um, to visit times that are happy for me. I choose the positive memories, and I ignore those negative ones. I don't want to deal with that right now, and I don't have to. It's when I'm ready, I'm ready, and I may never be ready. It might be a karmic thing I have to deal with in the next life. Who knows, right? And it's okay. It's not a big deal. But we're learning something about each other. This lockdown, this pandemic, this quarantine business that people are having to do, and they're still doing, they're finding out right now, opening up these states. The surge in the cases is causing people to shut shit right back down again. So, you know, I ta- I, I fully believe that this is a short-term opening, that they're going to shut it right back down. I don't think we're going to fully open until next year. I think we're going to go through this election, however it be, by mail, by going to the polls with your hazmat suit on, and we're going to get things back together again whenever the new president gets voted in. Because, uh, you know, if we keep the same one, we're screwed and we're going to be living like this for years to come. Whereas I believe if we get a new president, like Biden wins, and we get the proper people in place, and he, gets, he starts to spend the money appropriately to help the individual out and to get this testing business done and to really, really move those mountains that could have been moved early on, I think we'll be back in business earlier. It's going to take some time to make up for all the mess that, Trump has caused. But for the most part, we're going to be, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be that. But, um, I told my sister, I said, you know, I, it's an individual walk right now. People are finding themselves, aren't they? They're having to. The tragedy I'm seeing though, and the upsetness I'm seeing, mm, are the people that, They're being treated like my husband. They're getting fired for doing the right thing. They're getting fired for being in quarantine. They're getting fired for, you know. Now, more and more people are testing positive in the White House that have been in close proximity with the President and the Vice President and his precious little Ivanka. Okay? And so, it's closing in on them. They're inactions and misactions are backfiring on them I think I don't know I just it feels like that's what's happening because more and more people right under their noses are testing positive and they're in danger now and a pest before they didn't see the danger I think they thought they were in this magical bubble but now I think they realize wow, it's right under my nose right literally and Pence, and they, none of them will wear masks. They won't wear masks. They refuse. So here's the thing. Pence didn't wear a mask to the nursing home the day that he delivered those masks to help out. He wouldn't wear a mask. And neither did the lady that tested positive. She was there, too. Okay, so she tested positive. She was there, no mask, at the nursing home. So was Pence. No mask at the nursing home. Who's Who, was, who Which people are dying like flies? It's the poor people in the nursing home. You know, and he wouldn't wear a mask at the male clinic. He gave some bogus BS excuse. And now he says, oh, I probably should have. Yeah, you should have wore a mask. So now this is, they were in contact with a bunch of people. Pence and this lady, Miller, his press secretary, they were in contact with a bunch of people. And they were—and she's positive. It's only a matter of time before I find out that Pence is. Maybe, I don't know. Unless he's just Mr. Magical Man, I don't know. But here's the dealio. They were all around. No masks. Being in places like hospitals, male clinic. You know? <laughs> They've just literally opened up a bunch of people to some infection. If this is if this is true, the spreading of it possibly, it's disgusting, and they got away with it. So, anyways, and the president he won't quarantine. Pence will not quarantine. He refuses. He won't do it. He says no. Um, I don't know if obviously Miller is the the press secretary is quarantined. I would guess. I hope, but Pence isn't. Fauci got worried, and so did Redfield got worried. That's the doctors for the CDC, and they are quarantining themselves because they were in contact with these people. And they went, oh, hell no. See, they know. They understand what needs to be done, and they're doing it, whereas Pence and Trump will not. Back to it again. I went off on the rails there. I don't know what I was talking about. So... My I stay off on the rails, my family came and talked to me for a bit. My husband just made some doll furniture on the laser. Oh, my God. The cutest little doll furniture. I think that's what we're going to be doing is doll houses and furniture. You might be doing some puzzles. I'm going to be doing wooden puzzles. We're talking complex wooden puzzles that turn into like an eagle. Three-dimensional. We're looking into doing things like that. Making stuff for kids that are stuck in quarantine, that, are, that can, this can be their, a game or, or can be like, um, something they can create and paint and it's theirs. He wanted to put it all together and sell it put together. And I said, that's all great and good. And you can do some of those. I said, but I think what you need to do, not granted, this podcast just got very abruptly changed from one subject to another. I apologize. I don't even know what I previously said <laughs> because I, um, stop for a moment to talk to my family. So we'll just consider whatever I was talking about previously as we're done with that subject and we're moving on to my to what's going on right now we're, as far as the new door that's opening for us, um, our business, that we're going to be making some things. I'd like to make some educational puzzles and sell them, um, make some things for kids that are being homeschooled. And stuff. Now, do we want to make tons and tons of money? That's not really, you know, we'd like to make enough money to pay for our dogs and, you know, pay the bills. Let's just put it like that. I like to make enough money to pay the bills to where, you know, we're comfortable enough we don't have to worry, but not like a filthy, freaking rich. I'm not into that, folks, even with my writing. I have a feeling that if I sold or got published, you know, like several of my sci-fi novels that I'm working on simultaneously, I'm not going to discuss the whole intimate details because they're not done yet, but I'm working on these sci-fi novels, and if I ever get them done, this is the hardest thing. But right now I should be able to, given the fact that we're in this moment. But anyways, I'm not about making tons of money. I'm about making enough money to survive on and if pretends I made more money than that, okay, fine and dandy except, fine and dandy except I um, would donate, set up something to help other people, animals, you know, what have you. I just don't, I think the only way that we can ease the suffering in this world is if we help each other out. You know, if we share what we have, I, I, I'm very, very disgusted by these billionaires that are not paying their taxes and are living these ridiculous hedonistic lives while there are so many people living on skid row or, you know, just starving to death, you know, even all over the world, you get the rich is way up here and the poor are way down there. And why are they like that? And why are, is, why is, um, the religious communities like, you know, your evangelicals that are got those televangelist churches, why are they so into taking people's money? They swear up and down they're using it for spreading the gospel, but come on, I can open up that Bible by myself and read it. I don't need that rich pastor to tell me what it says. So he's going to take my money so he could go around and tell people things. Please. He wants that money for himself. I, I'm sorry. I, you know, until I see something different. Until I see proof that these rich televangelists are actually doing some good for the, for the world. I, I'm not going to feel it, folks. I'm not. And I'm disgusted by their behavior. Um, I think people should share or have that feeling, too. And I'm talking the rich folks. I'm not talking that poor person that can barely... But you want to know something? And I read a, I read a statement, which is true. Really poor people tend to share more than the rich ones. And it is true. Um, my good friend down the street, they're pretty darn poor. And they've helped us out so much. And we help them out. We do a lot of, you know, community sharing. And we're not well off. None, we're not one of us. Not one of us. My husband... Um, we helped out with food banks, distributing food and what have you, helping each other out, donating money that we didn't even really have at the time to donate, but we felt like it was our duty. They gave us some groceries. I'll never forget this. We we felt kind of on some tough times and the food bank helped us out. My husband had a $20 bill in his pocket and... He gave the food bank uh, president or whatever you want to call him. He's the, the head. He's the one who owned the food bank, actually. It's his own private deal. And he was helping people out. And my husband went and gave him money, and he said, Well, you don't have to do that. I mean, we're here to help you. And he says, Yeah, but look, yes, we're down and out, but I could never even buy... Buy these groceries that you're giving us for this. This is my twenty. I want to give it. It's all I've got right now. I've got gas in my car. You know, this is before he lost his job. We and we went through a rough time. Um, and uh, this was early on, actually. And he said, "But I've got gas in my car. We're gonna be fine. You know, the kids kids got clothes. My wife's got clothes. We got got food for the animals. We're okay." Do I have, like, loads of money in my account? No. But look, you're forking over every dime. And he was. This guy was not a rich man, but he was taking donations and helping distribute food and what have you. He said, and this is all I've got. Can I help you with this? He said, because these groceries are going to help us get through. (coughs) He said, I couldn't go to the store and get these for this, you see. I want to help And that guy was just floored. And so he took my husband's 20 and stuck it in the, in the funding to help out for buying more groceries. See. They have wholesale places they can go to get certain things like beans and rice and what have you. And it feels good to do that. Well, you know, later down the road, because my husband made that donation and helped, this guy's been bringing us stuff. And he's been helping my friends down the street. And then the <clears throat> blessings just started coming our way. <clears throat> like my husband got these job offers. And we were able to <clears throat> save that stimulus check that we got. Just literally save the whole thing. We put in the bank account. We're not using it. And we were able to save up some money here, there, and everywhere, my husband got a Social Security to where we got a cushion, and then during this hard times, the companies that have our car and our trailer contacted, my husband said, hey, you know, right now at this point in time for everyone we're offering a three month extension to all families who, who have their vehicles through us, and their trailers through us, why don't, you know, if you want to take advantage of this, you can have three months no pay <clears throat> You know, all it does is it does extend your loan, obviously, three months longer, but it gives you this three months cushion to get caught off. And it was perfect. We were able to save a goodly amount of money to, you know, cushion and then not bust into the nest egg, what have you. We, the nest egg, breaking the house, you know, we did end up living off that a little bit. And we whittled it down. So now we have this other cushion. And it's because of these wonderful blessings. And I really believe that's how the blessing works. Some folks think that when you donate, you take it off your taxes and that's your blessing in the end with your tax refund. That's just cheesy to me. I really believe the blessing comes when you do these things without, without expecting anything in return, which means you don't take it off your taxes. You don't do all that nonsense. And then all of a sudden these lovely things happen for you. And they did. For us, even though my husband lost his job, there's another one lined up for him. We have our business being started now, and it looks like it's going to be lucrative, and worthy, and enough for us to survive on. Like I said, it will cushion his social security to where everything will be fine. So, see, we have enough needs versus wants. It's not this desire to have, 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 have. It's this desire. To survive just right and then help out others and then when when a blessing comes your way boy you enjoy the heck out of that blessing that's kind of how I view all of this and right now we've got children that are in quarantine uh you know in, in the bigger cities that their their cities are not open and they're forced to stay home and they're even talking <clears throat> about because there was such a long period of time that these kids weren't doing school because they didn't have the plans figured out, right, for the homeschooling. So they're going to have to school through the summer, some of these kids. Ooh. Which means they're stuck on their computers. That's where a lot of this homeschooling is happening for these kids. It's like being done online. Okay. Well, when you're stuck online in front of that computer for several hours during each day. And it can be harsh. Anybody who's working from home knows this. You gotta get that downtime and get away from the computer, right? It's not something you're enjoying, you're having to do it. Maybe, I don't know. Uh so our stuff that we make, we make these little wooden things my husband's making some wooden doll furniture, little wooden doll furniture for my daughter to play with and to paint and what have you. We're talking about making some dollhouses. I told him, I said, look, this is a great idea for kids. Hands-on playing toys. Stuff that they can do. And why are they ignoring him He's barking. book? Uh, hands-on toys that they can play with. Um, I've already designed, I'm trying to think of a game that kids can do. We're looking at making those cornhole things, you know, where you, the little bag, bean bag toss, different designs for that. We're just looking at different things to make people's lives happier when they're in their house and not charging tons and tons of money. Like some of these places want to charge like a ridiculous amount of money for these toys when that's just ridiculous. (laughs) We want to make it affordable. But make it also, you know, we can pay our bills, but make it affordable. Because people are out of work, right? And I might even consider looking into something like a donation type situation where if you donate dog food to our dogs, I don't care what brand. My dogs don't care what brand. They're happy to get whatever they get, you know. Um, any, Any donation is happy. We will include, we'll send you a, a little, you know, we'll send you a little little bunch of furniture or something that you can, you know, kids can play with or a game or whatever. There's your blessing. It's kind of a barter thing, but then it's also, you know, I don't know. We haven't decided yet how we're going to go about doing that. But the thing is, we have time to think about it, and that's pretty cool, and we're doing okay. We really are doing Okay. But today was stressful on my husband, him going to that office, showing them the proof that he really was sick and they didn't believe him. They were like, oh, you were? Geez, we didn't believe you. And so when they saw that, but they still didn't relent, they didn't want him back. But they've already fired a whole bunch of people in that place. So it sounds to me like they're just cleaning house. They're having to. Their business is barely staying open as it is. So whatever. But I think they think they're gonna be able to get away with the software and use it. The thing is like he said, it requires a skill set to use that software, it's not just something you walk into. I'm pretty smart and I try to sit down and use that stuff and it's not that easy. So you gotta know what you're doing. There's classes you take on this stuff. Well anyways. <clears throat> I think they thought that they would just, you know, fire him and keep his stuff. That's what that's really what it sounded like to me. And it's not gonna happen that way. They're not gonna fire him. Keep his stuff. They fired him, but they won't be keeping this stuff. Not going to happen. So that's the deal. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, there's going to be this little bit of a, I hate to say it, possibly a legal argument. I hope not. I hope they get it through their heads that if they try to use that stuff, they're breaking the law, the software, and he better not back down on making that phone call. He's, he and I are pretty bad about that, though. We don't like to be stinky, right? But this is a legal thing. They really can't be using it. They will be breaking the law, and it's not okay. And in that respect, we need to hold their feet to the fire on that one. And, um, you know, it just needs to happen that way so that he can, um, you know, leave that place, cut the ties, walk away, He's got to do the right thing. It is hard sometimes to do the right thing. Pointing out the wrong, it is difficult because there's lots of backlash. And there's so many wrongs that they did to him, you know, firing him unjustly for doing the right thing, Uh, you know, especially during quarantine, ridiculous, all this kind of stuff going on. They did these things to him and it was unjust. And now they really want to do something unjust, use something that tep- that is not theirs. They don't even have the license to use it, and they're thinking they can get away with that. Well, no. And I really, this is not the time to go. Well, it's no big deal. I'll just, you know, whatever. No, no, they're breaking the they're breaking the rules, <laughs> breaking the law. It's not just little policy. It's a law. It's a license law. So need to be serious about that it's it's hard though my husband hates to be that person has to point it out it's harsh sometimes you got to do it Um, but like I said they're they literally all of their dealings there right now how they're treating the people the people that they fired and how they went about it it's like literally out of the Trump playbook of screw people when they're down you know, pick on them when they're down. Pick on the ones that do the right thing, that are honest. It's a Trump tactic. I just don't understand why people have to be that way. You know, just the ugly nature. Um, I, w- I was looking at the news. I'm coming up in the hour, so I'm going to have to cut this short real quick here. But um, I was looking at the news this morning and how this ice cream parlor owner had to shut his business down after the first day because his employees were put at risk to work there, treated like crap by the people that came in to get ice cream. They were treating his employees like shit. They were doing the right thing, wearing the masks, not the people coming in, his employees' masks and gloves and being careful. And the customers were coming in pissed off by the way they were looking, wearing the masks and the gloves, and just hurtling insults and he even said that there were some things done that you know required him to have to shut down and clean because they were being really bad the customers were and this is the thing what happened to these people why are they behaving like this why are people coming out of the woodwork behaving dangerously you know like the people coughing and spitting on each other threatening to spread disease because they're mad about a lockdown Oh, my goodness. You know, it's like people lost their minds. Literally. So, and I'm coming up on the hour. I have one minute and 30-some seconds here. Less than that even. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to end this. i got lots of chores to do. I may come talk later. I don't know. But for surely there will be one tomorrow. We do have school. It's two days of school this week, and then we're done for the year. We've already finished, got that ready. So um, this is The Northern Stuck in the South, and I'm Ruth Whitstein. And this is May 11th, 2020, and I apologize for the disjointed, rambling nature of this podcast, but it is a bit of, it's just a journal, folks. It's not like I'm reporting anything major. I'm just talking and airing my, ventilating my, ventilating my mind, and, uh. I, I recommend people do that anyway. It feels good to get it out. We've got all kinds of things stored in our brains that is causing us issues and causing us discomfort. Rambling is kind of nice. It's a ventilation. So wash your hands, wear your mask, social distance, be safe. Listen to the experts. Don't listen to the Trump man. He's got issues. <laughs> Peace out.